Elizabeth, and I'm a Sagittarius. Hi, I'm Kimmy, and I'm a Gemini. And together we are Sister Signs. So because it's October, we are bringing you guys a special episode, a spooky episode, where we're going to talk about the birth charts of two serial killers. And I know a lot of people will probably roll their eyes. However, uh, a lot of this stuff is actually backed up by data. So there was a Dutch statistician, Dr. Jan Rees, and she looked at the birth charts of over 300 serial killers. And the data that she got was that most of them were mutable signs. So mutable being your Virgo, Sagittarius, Pisces, and Gemini. Those were what comprised most of the serial killers. And that's just sun signs. I'm sure if you like go even further into the rest of the big three, you'll see like more correlation. But but when you actually get into the nitty gritty of someone's birth chart, we're talking about like getting down into the degrees, the house placements and everything like that. It's creepy how accurate it can be. So just to talk about some of the biggest serial killers, you get an idea of what the mutable signs look like. So like Ted Bundy was a Sagittarius, Jeffrey Dahmer a Gemini, John Wayne Gacy was a Pisces, let's see, David Berkowitz, son of Sam, Gemini, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, Pisces, the Boston Strangler was a Virgo, I don't know who Randy Kraft is, but they're a Pisces, another Sagittarius, another Pisces, but if you look into like those people, like their moon and rising signs are mutable as well. Sorry, I didn't mean to hit the mic. They're mutable as well, which is so crazy to think about. Mutable signs represent. I know. <laughs> Yikes. But then there was another study that was done where they looked at the birth charts of 485 serial killers and found that the top signs with the most kills... So we're talking about, like, people that were killed, not... What am I... We're, we're talking about volume of people murdered, not the volume of the serial killers. So those top signs were Cancer, Pisces, Sagittarius, and Scorpio. And Wait, so I'm sorry. You're talking about the... The, the people victims. that they killed, the victims. The victims were those... Can you say them again? No. So, like, the serial killers that mm -hmm. had the most kills, the most victims... So those their signs were oh Cancer, Pisces, Sagittarius, and Scorpio. Oh, ooh, Gemini's not on that list. What's and um, of course, the three water signs are on there: Cancer, Pisces, and Scorpio. And then of course, Sagittarius. And those four signs don't share a lot in common. However, those four signs accounted for almost forty percent of serial killers total. And then, so I had always assumed that Scorpio would be at the top of the list. Just because a lot of their stuff has to do with, like, violence, manipulation, jealousy, like, the dark side of the Zodiac and also the seedy underbelly. Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel like Scorpio would be the one most likely to commit a crime of passion or, like, a crime out of, like, anger or something like that. And then Pisces as well as a water sign. They let their emotions run out of control. And then Cancer, like, if they feel isolated or if they're not able to blend in with the world or feel like they're fitting in and then Sagittarius is just the wild card do it for the vine type of energy that does surprise me but yeah so one thing that I thought was interesting was across all the studies there weren't as many Capricorn serial killers Capricorn serial killers did however 
have the most victims total on average. There's this one serial killer. Their name was Harold Shipman, and he was a British physician who killed an estimated 250 people in his medical care. And then, yeah, that, that, there's just like different data sets. Depending on how you filter the data, you get like different interpretations of it. Just know mm. that it's out there. The information is out there. If I had access to be able to aggregate everyone's data like that, I would have a field day because I love comparing it and doing spreadsheets and all of that fun stuff and then adding more filters to it to really narrow it down. I could put everyone's degrees of their birth chart into a spreadsheet. That would be intense. That would be, be so much data. Yeah. So when these studies are talking about serial killers, is it counting? Like, We're talking about like confirmed serial killers. So people that have had multiple murders. But or like do mass, do mass shooters get looped or lumped in with that? Or is it just like individual kills? So not individual. Yeah. I think like sure. mass shooters are not considered serial killers. They're like an isolated event. Right. I think they're classifying serial killers as multiple. There's 485 events. of them. With There's that... a lot of these psychos out there. Oh my god. Yep. I didn't think that there were that many. And we just know the popular ones. Yeah. My guy um, only killed 17. Yeah, exactly. Holy god. Um only. But That's still a lot. I don't know if you guys know the show Unsolved Mysteries. If you're like a crime junkie, I'm sure you're familiar with it. But they actually did a segment talking about astrology. So the producers of the show, they had 20 birth charts that they just randomly pulled, but they put four serial killer birth charts in there. So they picked Jeffrey Dahmer, David Berkowitz, Richard Ramirez, and Ed Kemper. And all of these birth charts were given to a well-known astrologer without any names or any information on there. They were just like, hey, take a look at these birth charts and tell us what you think about these. And they gave them to this astrologer named Carolyn Reynolds. And she went through and did an analysis on all of them. And she successfully identified the four serial killers and gave a breakdown as to why she thought they were, they had these traits in their charts. And then she also gave like specific information about like points in their lives that ended up proving correct, which is wild. So now I want to go back and see if I can find that episode and yeah. stream it. Was she told that there would be four charts that she needed? So that part, the article wasn't specific about. It just said that she was able to identify them. So I'm, I'm sure like if she knew she was looking for serial killers, like that would definitely like impact it. That just makes it. Imagine if you wanted to send someone else's chart to someone for a reading mm -hmm. and they came back and they were like, you should stay away from this person. I just that's what comes to my mind. I'm like thinking about how that could. That's happened before to be a few crazy. people. Friends of friends. They go to a professional astrologer and they're like, no, this is not good for you. This person is yeah dangerous. Mm hmm. I know. Crazy. So I feel like I've been talking for a little bit. Kimmy, let's talk about the serial killer that you researched. Yes. I. This person has a lot of Netflix documentary, like just a bunch of documentaries across all platforms because he's just very well known. There's also like controversy about giving him more fame. So that made me feel a little iffy, and I definitely didn't. That's part of the reason why I didn't watch it also, because his crimes were super messed up. 
but I researched Jeffrey Dahmer, who is a Gemini. And he was born May 21st, 1960, at 4.34 p.m. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And he's also known as the Milwaukee Monster. And, yeah. So he murdered and dismembered 17 men and boys between 1978 and 1991. And he was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, schizotypal personality disorder, and a psychotic disorder. But whenever he was on trial, they determined that he was sane at the time of his crimes, although he was heavily influenced by alcohol. He was an alcoholic as well. And I was looking at his placements, and he's Gemini Sun, Aries Moon, Libra Rising, Aries Mars. And then I was looking at like where his placements are housewise. And it's just, I don't know. I think when you look at it, all of the eighth house placements, I feel like that's a glaring red flag that I'm now going to look for whenever I'm looking at people's charts because he has three planets in his eighth house. And the eighth house is the house of death, taboos, secrets, sex. There's a few others that it rules, but he has his gemini in his eighth house so sun and his venus as well i feel like the venus is what really highlights his attraction and fascination with death and dead bodies and then his sun and mercury and gemini just heighten that because he's able to make all that happen that's so crazy so the fact that your killer's son is in their eighth house, and it sounds like they have a stellium. I think so. all of the things were confusing me because I don't know what, you know, you can have like whole sign or, or the other types. Or, yeah. So it was confusing. I think he does. I don't, wait. Hang on. I also put his chart into the pattern which is an app that I love to use, but I put it in the pattern because I wanted it to, oh my goodness, my brain, I'm so tired. The pattern. Oh, I put it in there because I wanted to see, I just wanted to see if we were compatible as friends and as lovers. And I am ashamed to say that we are. Not his type, of course, but it just, it troubles me. Is this why I attract the crazies? I don't know. It's a side note. Okay, I'm looking at his signs right now. Yeah. I don't think he does. Hang on. Chart. You don't count Descendant for no. a stellium. Then no. He almost has an Aries stellium and almost has a Gemini stellium. But sorry, back to it. He also has his moon and his Mars both in Aries. So with moon, with the moon ruling over your desires... And then Mars is... My person also has their moon and Mars in the same sign. Really? That's so crazy. But the Mars being like how you show aggression and all of that, in Aries being the sign of power, control, assertion, and aggression, that just makes a lot of sense why he did all the stuff things that he did. And with his moon in, se- in the seventh house... That creates a very popular and adaptable person because if you look back, the reason why a lot of people are upset that he got so much fame from this and even after his death and to this day still getting fame for it is because they were highlighting Jeffrey as a person rather than 
his crimes. Like they were glorifying him instead of bringing light and attention and justice to all the crimes that he committed and all the victims and the victims' families that are still having to live with all of that. Like there's like all these crimes happened how, what, how many years ago? 30, 40 years ago now. I may be rounding up a little bit much, but still like those people are alive and so they're still upset that people are milking all of his crimes and murders at the expense of their loved ones because he a lot of his victims were gay black men and so that's like for such a marginalized group like that's really Mm -hmm. troubling for it to keep being popularized in the media and then like people dressing up as Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween like just making light of that and I'm sure with your person too they get a lot of that Mm -hmm. similar sentiment yeah just because of their attractiveness and Another thing I wanted to mention about the moon in the seventh house is that those that placement, they are emotionally dependent on praise and recognition. And with his Libra rising as well, I feel like it makes a lot of sense how he was able to charm so many of his people and also charm the police. Because I did see that one excerpt from the docu-series where they were mm-hmm. talking about how the boy had ran away. And he found neighbors who were trying to help him. And the police, he convinced the police that was his boyfriend. And then they sent him back with Jeffrey instead of letting him be free. And so essentially killed that boy because Jeffrey just charmed them. That's terrible. Yeah. And I feel like his Gemini son and Mercury being able to have that power of communication. And then the Libra as or the Libra placement as well. Just being able to charm people like that's so scary how Mm -hmm. you would not even know that this person like when I put him in the pattern and it said all these things about how our friendship could be and like all this other stuff like you don't see how and how it manifests in real life but it's just freaked me out but overall astrologically Jeffrey is extremely driven disciplined and ambitious but no matter how hard he he tried or how much he achieved it still wasn't enough to satisfy him until he got caught and i don't know just also oh and sorry i'm all over the place for this episode but with his venus in the eighth house he kept a lot of the body parts and he kept like skeletons and other stuff like he kept that not on display necessarily Mm -hmm. but he just kept it to look at and that just further feeds into like his attraction to death and dead bodies and everything like that Venus in the eighth house and um, I just got creeped out whenever I was reading it I and probably Scorpio rules the eighth house mm-hmm. yeah but he'd because I when I was looking at it his Scorpio he does have his north node in Scorpio in his 12th house and then his Pluto in his 12th house and Okay, sorry. One last thing about Jeffrey before we go on to your person. He also has Uranus in his 10th house in Leo, and that is instability in career and in the way the public perceives their actions. Additionally, My person also has Uranus in the 10th house. Really? Yes. Additionally, this placement causes these people to have an unusual approach toward their, toward their career, which I thought was funny because he, not funny, he worked in a chocolate factory as like his day job. But if you look at what he's known for now, it's murdering people brutally. Mm -hmm. And I also found it interesting that this placement, they really dislike authority. So for work, they really need to be on their own. Like they need to do their own thing. And being a serial killer, that is a a one-man job. I don't know. It was just 
insane to read about it. And then he was beat to death in prison on November 28th, 1994. And I wanted to look into that date to see if there was any significance, but I did not get around to it. But yeah, that that's what I have on Jeffrey Dahmer. That is so wild. Like in the entire time you're talking, I was like looking at my person's chart and I was like, oh my gosh, they have so many similarities, like placement and the houses. Yeah. Are the, Were they born or alive around the same time? Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's why like some of the generational planets mm-hmm. are the same. But so my serial killer is Ted Bundy, who is also someone that was really like sensationalized. And then I did not watch the Zac Efron adaptation of his whatever trials. Like, I don't like serial killer stuff. I don't like scary stuff. I recently read a thriller book this past week. Absolutely hated every second of it. I read it just to say I did, but I'm. this is not my cup of tea. And like, I've had so many people ask if we could do like true crime astrology episodes. And I have pushed back on it so much because it scares me i don't like acknowledging that bad people exist in the world i relate to that because i also steer clear of most of that and i'm not a crime junkie or anything like that like i sorry i don't like murder porn that's not my thing so the people that like it do your thing but they must have some eighth house placements maybe some heavy scorpio placements because i was even like doing like the basic research on ted bundy and it was like creeping me out like i was i can barely deal with it anyway i'm gonna clarify ted bundy is a november sagittarius yeah jeffrey dahmer is a may gemini i'd yeah, also like yeah, to point yeah, that yeah. out we don't claim them no whatever for take that with whatever you want but yes theodore bundy was born November 24th, 1946, in Burlington, Vermont. Growing up, I'm sure he didn't know anything different. He had a normal family environment. However, later on in life, he found out that he was an illegitimate child, so like a bastard. He grew up thinking that his mom was his sister and that his grandparents were his parents. And then later on, when he found out that his mother had him out of wedlock he resented her and they're saying that's probably what caused some of his like emotional instability so wait sorry what was his moon have you gotten there i haven't gotten there yet oh sorry so yeah so there's a lot of things going on with that a lot of his crimes revolved around kidnapping raping and murdering young women so he did have a type and they think that he committed his first murder in 1974 but yes so He was known for his charm, just like Jeffrey Dahmer, his ability to manipulate and lure victims. Sometimes he would pretend to be injured in order to, like, get them to help them out. And then he would turn around and knock them unconscious and then take them and rape them and whatever. He was, like, a really creepy guy. So he would, after his some of his victims were knocked unconscious, he would change their outfits and brush their hair and put makeup on them like they were dolls. And then he would have sex with the bodies. And then even after some of the women had passed away, he would continue to have sex with them until the body had like completely decomposed and he couldn't do anything anymore. Disgusting. Absolutely vile human being. Anyway, so he was captured multiple times and escaped custody twice. His final capture was 1975. 
And then he was put on trial in 1979 for multiple murders. He was found guilty. And he confessed to at least killing 30 women. But a lot of people say that his true victim total is unknown because there were so many missing women at that point in time. They didn't know if it was Ted Bundy or not, if it was in the same area. They're like, what well, could have been Ted? We don't know. And pretty much like during the trial, they were just like, did you kill this person? Did you kill? And he was like, yeah, yeah. But it was like only around 30 victims that were identified that he confessed to. But it could have been more. It definitely wasn't less than that. But yes, Ted Bundy was then sentenced to death and he was executed, but he spent quite a few years on death row. And then after numerous appeals, he was executed in the electric chair at the Florida State Prison in 1989. So he was put on trial and then 10 years later, he was executed. So there was a lot of wait time for him, a lot of time for him to build a fandom. He had a lot of pen pals. And some of these women had mental breakdowns when he was, like, executed. Like, these serial killers, I don't know what's up with them with having fan clubs. It's just, it blows my mind. This person has brutally murdered people and you are obsessed with them. Something's wrong, sis. Anyway. I think they can fix him. Yeah, no. Only God can help this man. And even then, he's like, straight to hell. Again, so he was known, just like Jeffrey Dahmer, for his good looks, charm, and it like was in complete juxtaposition to the nature of his crimes and he is what people describe as the true psychopathic serial killer and they've done a ton of books about his life documentaries films and then the one that i mentioned before extremely wicked and shockingly evil and vile with zach efron starring as ted bundy and he's he's still one of the most famous serial killers in american history and a lot of people still study him to include like criminologists, psychologists, and law enforcement as an example of like extreme criminal behaviors. So now let's get into his chart. He is, like we said before, he is a Sagittarius sun and he is a Sagittarius moon and a Leo rising. So with all of that being said, he also has a stellium in Scorpio. Most of his placements are in the fourth house. So the fourth house represents home, family roots, and your emotional foundation. So what you were alluding to before, Kimmy, with the lies surrounding who his father was, like he, to this day, doesn't, or to that time before he died, had never known who his father was. His mom had claimed it was like a veteran that had returned from war. When they found out she was pregnant, they abandoned her and left her. And she offered two names to him, but it was never confirmed if either one of those men were his father. And then, yeah, just like growing up with a lie for most of his life, thinking that his mom was his sister. And then having to discover later on. So there's two different stories. So one of the stories was his cousin found the birth certificate and was making fun of him and bullying him about being a bastard. And then the other story is that he found the birth certificate on his own. And then that's when he found out that it was actually, like, his sister was his mom. And so, obviously, like, trauma does not excuse, like, erratic behavior by any means. But you could definitely say having all of those placements in his fourth house of family and your foundation definitely contributes to some of his erratic behavior. So, one thing that 
I mentioned earlier, so he has a fourth house stellium in Scorpio, and he does have a Venus-Pluto midheaven T-square. Because of his midheaven, he's known for murder, with that 12th house Pluto murdering women in sexual ways, because he also has a Scorpio Venus. And let me double check that Venus placement. Yeah, Venus is in his, let's see. Venus and Scorpio in the fourth house as well. I don't know. Is he taking out his resentment of his mother, like on all of these unsuspecting women? Who knows? But another thing about his chart is obviously like we've touched on like the family trauma and how it was a big influence on him. But his chart is mainly fire and then heavy Pluto placements. So all of that is like explosive, uncontained rage. And then Pluto, of course, being the planet of like death and rebirth. So he also has a big Sagittarius influence with the Leo rising as well. So he is an optimistic and charming person just based off of those placements alone. And he has a lot of optimism, which can be interpreted as egoism. So up until the moment he was convicted, he thought he was going to get away with it. Like he was truly convinced that he could charm his way out of the system and he was going to get away with it. And he probably believed that up until the day he was executed. Oh no, something will happen. People love me. It'll be fine. Did you say he has Neptune in first house? I don't think I said Neptune, but his Neptune is in the second house. Oh, okay. Interesting. I was just asking because Neptune is like illusions, drugs, delusion, alcohol, all of that. And so mm -hmm. I was wondering because Jeffrey Dahmer has his in his first house. but Yeah. And then so one thing that was interesting was like reading what other people thought about him so they thought that he was like a very goal-oriented aggressive person but in a good way aggressive so he actually worked for on a lot of political campaign he studied psychology so it's probably how he was able to fool all these people because he was like knowing how to play against their emotion and then he later on went to law school and here's the thing so like he didn't actually finish law school like he was in law school when he started like murdering all these women and then he just stopped showing up to class and was like, I'm just going to murder women instead. So wild. But yeah, so like his Leo rising, he's the type of person that wants to be in focus and in the attention. And then, of course, Leo is a very fiery and passionate sign. So he's aggressive in achieving whatever he wants. And then he has his Saturn in Cancer. So Cancer being the sign of emotions, Saturn represents repression and suppression. And the issue that he had with his mom is represented with his Saturn in Cancer. Cancer representing the mother, Saturn being the difficulties that you face and challenges that you face in your life. Because he was born to a single mother and never knew his biological father, they say that he just expressed this lifelong resentment towards his mother. So this was something that he never got over and never came to terms with. And because of that, he devolved into this lower form of himself and obviously like again trauma does not justify erratic behavior like bad things happen to people all the time and it's how you react to those things and those challenges that make you the person that you are obviously mm -hmm. ted bundy did not take the high road he was like fuck it i'm just gonna kill all these people but yes i noticed that like when i was reading about the serial killers a lot of the trends were having a weak moon position in their chart with Saturn as well, and he falls into that category. Him having five planets in Scorpio is 
like to me like a really red flag especially with it being in the fourth house and Scorpio just does not want to be in that house like it's in detriment there and him having five planets there as well as his moon pretty much any malefic placement that you could have in a chart Ted Bundy had it yeah what I thought was so crazy again was like him having an interest in psychology and then be like graduating with a degree in psychology he worked as a counselor for some time and that's something that like I feel like Scorpio would be very into and here's the thing when he went into psychology he chose to study sexual crimes isn't that just anyway foreshadowing yes. yeah and you could tell like where he had like his Saturn return moment and instead of overcoming it he leaned into the darkness leaned into all the bad things that he was supposed to overcome so, and it all had to do with like his Scorpio stellium essentially do you have the timeline because he was also married so that's why I find interesting mm -hmm. about like the Scorpio Venus in the fourth house of family is yes. that he had a wife while he was murdering these women so I didn't he have girlfriends had... while he was murdering women as well no so he actually did not get married until he was already passed a Saturn. No, he didn't get married until he was already convicted. Oh. Yeah. What? Yeah. I thought he was married to someone. So he had been engaged and he was dating women. Oh, I was. Yeah. I thought he was married. Okay. So that's another messed up thing about, I guess, his life. I haven't tied it into his birth chart. Probably has to do with his Scorpio and Venus. Mm -hmm. But he was interested in this woman. She pretty much wasn't interested in him because he wasn't good enough. He, like, worked his way up the ranks, like, working for all these other politicians, essentially, and went to law school and, like, it got into law school. And he started dating this woman, proposed to her, and then out of the blue just ghosted her. And she like kept trying to contact him and be like hey why did you break up with me like i gave you a chance we were engaged to be married what happened and he was like i don't know what you're talking about and his biographer had said that he did that as like a power play he just wanted to prove that he could have married her if he wanted to but he didn't want to marry her he was just getting back at her for turning him down that pisses me off that is so scorpio so scorpio yeah scorpio stellium scorpio and venus coming in strong Scorpio in the fourth house manipulating makes me so mad yes but that's the type of person Ted Bundy was he didn't like to be told no he thought he was like this very charming enigmatic person that could get anything he wanted in life see the remember when I dated that guy with seven Scorpio placements yeah red flag run run for the hills but yes it, there's just so many things that could point to someone having these tendencies obviously you can have these placements in your chart and it not you're not going to be a serial killer but again that's the whole point of us talking about this podcast is like the light and the dark side mm -hmm. of each sign and each placement and it's how you react to the challenges that are placed in your life but yeah that i thought was so wild to me like when i was reading about it i don't know i don't want to say that there are like themes to it but I was looking more into the degrees and if you just look at celebrities alone as like a data pool, like there are a lot of celebrities that have certain degrees associated with death and how they die. 
And I thought that was really interesting that they all had that in common. There's a reason why we have the 27 Club for celebrities that pass away or people that die when they turn 27. And it's all like astrologically based. That's crazy. Yeah. And I don't know. The whole thing creeps me out when I like think about it. So I try not to think about it too much. I don't think I've even looked into the 27 Club, but it makes sense. Maybe a bookmark for a future episode. Let us know if you're interested in that kind of topic and I will reluctantly gather the data. But yeah, I just think that he's the perfect example of someone that has a lot of placements that are in detriment and can't bounce back from it. What house is his Sagittarius in? Like his Sagittarius moon? So he has a Sagittarius sun and moon, and they're both in the fourth house. He also has a Sagittarius Mars in the fourth house, which is why he is impulsive and explosive. Okay, you were talking about the tie-in with his mother. Mm -hmm. Something I forgot to mention is that whenever Jeffrey's mom was pregnant with him, she was on a lot of, like, antipsychotic medication. Mm. And I think she was also, like, drinking and doing a couple other things while she was pregnant with him. And I just find that interesting whenever you look at the moon sign and the Mars. So, like, the moon and the Mars being conjunct and their, like, connection with their mother. Jeffrey was drunk for almost every murder essentially Mm -hmm. like he would just get obliterated and i forgot where i was going with that but i just found it interesting that they both have like their history with their mother as like the origin of their villain story essentially yeah Uh, to a point like some of jeffrey's villain story so we talk about chiron being the first wound Mm -hmm. so he's chiron in his third house in scorpio So again, like the secrets, the sexuality, the third house being the house of communication, siblings, friends, neighbors, and community. So as soon as people found out all of the dirty laundry having to do with his family, like that was a wound to him. Mm -hmm. And that definitely shaped and influenced his life moving forward. Like he just, it just probably felt like something he could never escape. And then instead of overcoming it, he just gave into it. But yeah, the fact that like he has a Scorpio stellium and all of his crimes are sex crimes. All of his like victims were like brutally raped and abused, like absolutely creepy and terrible. Sometimes I really enjoy how much we learn about astrology and other times it makes me feel just... Not overwhelmed necessarily, but it just, it concerns me. And then I think about like how many people we're in contact with and like how all their, I don't know. But at the same time, this was all back in the 1960s and 70s. And I feel like in today's world where there is more like phone surveillance, for instance, Mm -hmm. like that's why I'm not too concerned because I feel like whoever is monitoring it they keep close tabs on what you're searching on google on what you're the place the things that you're buying if you're buying suspicious things so that makes me feel a little bit safer but that still doesn't stop all of the thoughts that i have about true crime one of my biggest fears is marrying a man that's gonna murder me and my entire family like that's a big fear of mine and not knowing like marrying a monster terrifies me Mm -hmm. that's that's a big fear and i don't know why but the pattern said the pattern said that my romantic relationship with Jeffrey Dahmer would have been delicate. I've never seen that described. 
I've put myself in several romantic patterns. And I have never gotten the word delicate, so I don't know what that means. But um, if I ever get it again, I'm going to block them because that freaks me out. Yeah, no, doing the research for this episode was not fun for me. I did not enjoy it. If you like thrillers, maybe read You Shouldn't Have Come Here. That might be something up your alley. I personally don't like it. I can't go into it too much without spoiling it. But essentially, a woman from the big city, she claims to be from New York, decides to take a vacation in the middle of nowhere, Wyoming, at a random Airbnb hosted by an attractive farm guy, ranch guy. I don't know. And there's so many questions that she has, so many things that don't add up. And then there is a twist at the end. I saw it coming. There's a lot of people online that were like, I didn't see the twist coming. And I was like, come on, guys. I don't know. It was definitely a ripoff of... The twist was a ripoff of a show. Was it HBO? I don't remember. You're giving more and more details, and I feel like you're going to end up spoiling it. So just, let's... Let, that's what the twist is. It was. A, it's already a ripoff of a popular show. So that's why I was upset. And also, I'm just not a thriller person. I just read that book because so many people were talking about it and so many people recommended it. What do they call those books? There's a like a funny term that they have where it. it's like divorced wives book club or something. It's pretty much just like women reading murder books. Oh, yeah. One of my friends recommended another. I didn't realize it was the same author that wrote You Shouldn't Have Come Here, recommended a book to me. And I was like, just based off of the title, I don't think I want to read this book. My gosh. It was called The Perfect Marriage, and it was wedding rings with, like, blood on the oh, book yikes. cover. I was like, no, I don't think I'm going to read this book. Good for them. They're they're figuring out a way to cope with their divorce. I don't have any friends that are they're divorced They're not divorced. Yet, they're way. married. Oh. Well, why is there a book club, The Divorced? No, that's just a joke that people have. Like, these oh. married women like to read, or newly divorced women like to read murder books. But yeah, I don't have anything else for the episode. Do you have anything you want to add, Kimmy? No. We're going to get through October, hopefully, unscathed. I feel like we should... We're going to do more spooky, maybe one more spooky episode, and then call it quits. Okay, that sounds good I can't do it, I'm too creeped out. But yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Um, We'll chat with you guys in our Instagram broadcast channel, for those of you that are members of that. But yeah, just remember, real friends share their birth times, and we'll talk to you guys later. Bye!